1: Phil Mackey. I'm a big fan of yours, man. I'm a big fan. Judd Zolgad. Why can't you be enthusiastic and quirky? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. It's fairly critical to have someone to be able to get the last outs. And I think the emphasis on the last nine outs has grown, not just the back end. And we need to figure
2: figure that
0: out. (laughs) Fernando Rodney apparently uh, for now is the answer. One year, $6 million deal he signed or he's going to sign with the Twins. The earlier news today, uh, Phil, before you got here, was that the uh, Twins took a right-handed pitcher, Tyler Kinley, out of the Marlins system in the Rule 5 draft. But what's really interesting about today's Rule 5 draft is it continued the uh, Levine-Falvey referendum on the Twins before they arrived. Nick Birdie. Nick Birdie, and uh, um, also they had uh, Luke Bard. Interesting. taken by the angels so two, A couple of
3: those flamethrowers yes, that the terry so, ryan regime yeah. so two
0: more pitchers from the from the ryan bill smith days who they thought would be effective are now gone and i just it just it continues to go down the path that these two guys came in and bought, bought a house, and the couches were there, and the lamps were there, and you thought, oh, man, that's great. They got all this stuff, and they're like, no, we're going to throw that away. We're going to throw that away. That we're going to get rid of that. The referendum on the job done by the predecessors of these two has been fairly harsh.
3: Like, the fact that they came in and said... Okay, Cole Stewart and Nick Birdie. And Cole Stewart, I don't think he went in the Rule Five Draft, which isn't that shocking he because no. you have to put that guy in your major league roster for six months or offer him back to the team. And we'll get to this. I, I don't like the twins taking a rule five guy this year. I don't know anything about Kinley, but I just don't I don't like it. And I'll tell you why in a second. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's if you were to come in here, you know, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine and, and I would have thought said, All right, who for sure can you maybe build around pitching wise? Well, we could probably make something out of Cole Stewart. The guy was the one of the top high school pitchers in the country five years ago and was the number 4 overall pick not that long ago, 2013. And Nick Birdie throws 100 miles an hour. I know he's had injury issues, uh, surgery, but, but he's still going to be a flamethrower. And they looked at both those guys and said, eh, we're good. Yeah, don't need you. Don't need those guys. Mm-hmm. And this is the most pitching-starved organization in the majors. Mm-hmm. So what does it say about that, that you're pitching-starved? And you looked at those guys and said, "Not gonna, not gonna hack it. Not gonna be major leaguers. Not the kind that we want, anyways." It basically, it basically says that from a minor league system
0: standpoint, these two kick the tires and have tried to sell almost every single car on that lot. Yeah, that's that's essentially what it says. It it's a it is a harsh judgment of Terry Ryan. It is. It is a very harsh judgment when you realize. That the prospects that we talked about for two or three years of oh eventually this guy might come up and help, they're basically saying, no, no. In fact, in fact, not only will they not help us, we are giving them away on the side of the road. We're not getting anything for them. Yep. We also don't care that much. Just take the couch and yep. uh you know, bring it down. And Nick Birdie had a sign around his neck on the corner outside these guys' house
3: saying, take him, he's free. Yeah. So here's what I don't like about the twins taking Tyler Kinley in the Rule 5 draft today. Now, they're not obligated to to for sure keep him out of spring training, so they have several months to make this decision. I don't think this is the type of team, a team that went to the playoffs last year, that you're at least trying again to make the playoffs. Maybe you're still in kind of a transition year because you just don't have the pitching, but your goal is to make the playoffs in 2018. Mm-hmm. You don't need one of your bullpen spots as a stash-away Hide this guy until we have a 10-to-1 game to use him in. Mm -hmm. Remember that guy from a couple years ago? Um, What the hell was his name? He had the high socks, and he was— J.R. Graham. J.R. Graham. Yeah, he was sort of fat, and then he got mysteriously really skinny. The Twins missed the playoffs by three years that year, and they hid him in their bullpen for the better part of six months. Imagine if they would have replaced J.R. Graham in, in the 2015 season with an actual, like, dominant relief pitcher let that me, they picked up in free agency.
0: Let me give you a guess um, on, on how that could be different from this. I wonder if these guys—last time I checked, you you have to—if you're not going to keep a guy with you for the entire season, he has to be offered back, right? But you can still make a trade. You can, yeah. I wonder if there's something from the system. You see, that's the thing is these— You can make a trade
3: and then put him, put him at Rochester at And then send him somewhere.
0: down. Or— or this guy, you get to opening day and you tell him, Yo, you uh, you got some problems. He's like, what's what's my problem? You have a really bad groin. In fact, that sucker's not coming back for
3: sixty days. Uh, I, saw yeah, I saw it. it was terrible. I, I saw it in the locker room. It's terrible. Awesome. I,
0: I, these these guys are savvy enough that I always I I always suspect, and this is not in a bad way. I always suspect they're up to something.
3: Sure, and I think you're on the right track here because. This guy we're talking about pitched at double-A and high-A last year in the Marlins organization, 26 years old. That's that's pretty old to be still at high-A and double-A. You should be in the major leagues usually if you were – he was drafted uh, in 2013. You know He's kind of sputtered as a starting pitcher, uh, made a couple appearances, but has mostly just been a reliever and sputtering at that age. He was dominant and lights out and uh, had control and strikeouts at high-A as he should. At double-A? The strikeouts were big, but he walked five and a half batters per nine and had a five plus earned run average. Mm-hmm. It just—you can't take a guy who was that bad at Double A and put him on your major league staff so, and expect to be a playoff team. But you might. So s- maybe there's a way where they could swing a trade at some yeah. point during spring training, and and, and, and you yeah. might see something there, and you might
0: say to yourself, "We can manipulate the system." I mean, that's the that's the thing that the Twins never did until last year, right? They rarely manipulated the system. I and mean, this ten-day DL is the greatest thing of all time. If you want to screw around and say, you know, you're hurt for now, and and I'll I'll move this piece there. So I think what we saw last year was just the beginning of how do you get around all these
3: rules. Yeah, they were uh, they were smart because you don't just have a twenty-five man roster. You have, that's your active roster, but then you have fifteen other roster spots on your forty-man roster that you can just send guys up and down and. That's a taxi squad. Mm-hmm. And that's how you should use it. Oh man, this pitcher just went this reliever just went 3 innings and probably won't be available for 4 days now cuz he threw 50 pitches. Man, looks like your arm's a little bit tired after that outing, right? Let's and maybe would, he's out of options or something.
0: I would tell if if I worked with the Twins, my number one thing would, would be this. If I called a kid up or if I if I was going to make moves, I would tell every young player, "Okay, call your parents and tell them the good news." And then tell them don't show up, because you know the twins were like, "Well, we called this guy up and we, we just felt obligated to keep him up for 15 days or 20 or two weeks or something." I'd say there's a good there's a fighting chance you're never going to pitch for us at least this time around. So here's the deal: share the news and tell them don't bother showing up to the ballpark because there's a good chance we're going to DL you or we're going to do something with you because we are purely trying to manipulate
3: the system. Yep. Uh, in other news, uh, here's another one: a tweet from Jeff. I was going to ask the same question. Rodney looks like a complete tool with his hat like that. That's definitely going to be a thing in Minnesota. Here. It's hundred percent. We're totally going to have a problem with Fernando Rodney Let, wearing let's his run a hat poll on that. sideways. Uh,
0: yes, that will definitely be a thing. We we will. Should we run. Let's run. A, yeah. Let's, let's run. Let's run a Twitter poll on Fernando Rodney because I can guarantee you it's going to be it is going to be brought up. I mean, first thing I said two days ago. Isn't that the guy who wears
3: his hat funny? Is the poll—well, are we perpetuating it by just posting, even posting a poll that says, do you have a problem with Fernando Rodney wearing his hat sideways? May need to attack it in a different way. Yeah. Okay, how? What direction should Fernando Rodney wear his hat? (laughs) I'm just curious if— Left, right. If people mind, because I think— Rally
4: cap? I think you're going to get people to mind. Maybe you should just get a big bucket hat. You know? (laughs) Big, wide brim. That way you can't uh, can't accuse him of cocking it sideways or whatever. It just looks the same. Can you wear it backwards? If you can wear it sort of sideways—
3: I Can you wear your hat backwards?
4: I didn't gr- hold on a second. In
0: all seriousness, am I recalling? Did Ken Griffey Jr. try and do that for a game near the end of his career? Something weird. I don't remember. Because he, he
3: was remember he took a nap in the clubhouse one time. His hat was because <laughs> he got old. His and he hat was was pulled over his face.
0: He got hurt a lot. Yeah, I thought there was something because when when he came up and was the kid, his big thing was the backwards hat. I thought there was at some point in time he. Inquired about wearing it backwards, and they said. I mean, he no.
3: wore it backwards in the home run derby a bunch, but I don't remember him doing it. I don't it think you can wear game. it backwards,
0: but yes, do I think this is going to be a thing and
3: brought up in this state and town? Absolutely. Well, what's our poll question so that it's not just like us questioning him wearing his hat crooked? Dave, do we ask if it bothers you? I, That's, I think even asking if it bothers. How about, how about this? What direction should Fernando Rodney wear his hat? Forward, sideways, backwards. Or like rally I don't care. rally cap. Rally cap, ups, inside out, upside down. I just want to curve on the bill. That's all I want. Can yeah, he curves you. the bill. Don't worry okay, about well, let's that. Okay, well, I, then I like him. I hope he leaves the sticker on, too.
0: Oh, I hate that. Hate when people leave the sticker on.
3: Sometimes I think that people do it on accident, and I want to say, no. like, oh, did you? Oh, no? Okay. Who was the first But I'm not going to complain about it like you being the, the old first, white guy.
0: Who was the first guy to buy a cap and be like, you know what I'm doing today, guys? What's that? I'm leaving the sticker. You
3: know, it probably started as an accident. Like like some famous celebrity had a new era hat, just like got it as a gift or at a, you know, whatever, some media event and just put it on with the stickers on and people saw it on TV and said, you know what? That's, yes, that's revolutionary. The tag, the stickers, that's revolutionary. Great idea. Um, we're going to catch up with Matthew Collar. He's not at Winter Park. He's actually—is uh, he still in Los Angeles? He's—he's he's been traveling around. I think this he's week. coming home today. Okay, but he's going to talk Vikings with us when we come back here. Uh, we are watching the very end of the Winter Meetings on MLB Network on our TCL 4K Roku TV, where we get it looks like it's uh, intentional talk here with uh, our guy Kevin Millar and Chris Rose. It's great watching sports on a TCL TV because you get the 4K picture quality four times the picture quality of a standard 1080p TV. You also get all kinds of streaming apps like Fox Sports Go or Big Ten Network to Go, watch ESPN. In fact, there's 4,000 plus streaming channels available with the built-in Roku device. They also have the P-Series TV, which is getting rave reviews from websites like CNET and USA Today. So stop in for the holidays to any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and ask about the TCL viewing experience, and why everyone is raving about it, and why it is America's fastest growing TV brand. You can also go to tclusa.com to find out more. TCL and the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and
1: Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue oh, Come on On 1500 ESPN.
2: We want our fans to come out be loud. We want this to be the loudest game of the year. It uh, should be an exciting, fun game, and uh, we need all the help we can get. I think, you know, we'll get a lot of them back. I think we should get Offline back this week. I think we should get Remmers back. Um, there's a good chance, uh, possibility of getting Reef
3: back. You know, this is the first time we've had one of these for the Vikings all year. Matthew Collar, uh, Purple Podcast, 1500ESPN.com. Could this potentially be a trap game with Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and the Packers on the horizon the week after you just come off of... Uh, you know, a a three-game road stretch? Could this be a trap game, Matthew Collar, or have the Bengals checked out?
5: Uh, I, I don't actually really believe that trap games exist. I mean, there have been some people who have attempted to study the concept of when you play a bad team before playing a good team, and they couldn't really find any evidence that it's a real thing. It's just that when a good team does lose to a bad team, we go, ah, it must have been something. They must have underestimated that team or it must be a trap game when really it's just the NFL and any team can win any game, any time. But this one, I think that maybe Vikings fans should be a bit concerned just because of the overall health of the team. I know you played the Mike Zimmer soundbite there, but I think what we've come to learn about Mike Zimmer is that when he's asked about injuries, he's going to say words, but they don't really mean anything. There have been plenty of times where he's said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to play Everson Griffin against Washington, and then Everson Griffin didn't play against Washington. So I don't think he really knows right now, and based on uh, today's uh, injury report, um, or at least yesterday's injury report, if things don't really look good for having the full squad, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that if they rested a, a couple of players here, if Riley Reef didn't play, if Xavier Rhodes didn't play, if Kyle Rudolph didn't play, that's okay because I think you're all set – to make the playoffs here and if you have these guys back for the playoffs that's what you really need more than you need a win against cincinnati
0: i think your most important thing and and this includes all all things being taken into account caller is this your offensive line has to be as healthy as possible left tackle has to be good to go center the same thing to me Home field's important, and and I get that, but there is nothing that's more important to me than making sure that that offensive line is as healthy as possible for your first playoff game.
5: I would say that, and Xavier Rhodes, too. I mean, Xavier Rhodes, at one point or another, has gone to the sideline limping or went down to the ground against the Lions, against the Falcons, and against the Panthers at one point or another. So clearly, even though, you know, they're saying, oh, it's not that serious, or he's hasn't answered any questions about uh, having an injury, that there's something that's not right there that still goes back to what happened against the Los Angeles Rams. But I entirely agree with you, Judd, that I think the success of this offense goes right to the guys up front. Their ability to create big plays that don't require uh, excellence really from the running back or the quarterback's I mean, Adam Thielen is always going to create big plays by himself, but on screen passes are a great example where all it really takes is great offensive line work and you can get a big play. And they've done that so many times. But if you start subbing in Rashad Hill, uh, against a really good defensive line for Riley Reef at left tackle, you're not going to be able to do the same things. Rashad Hill is a good pass blocker, but he has cement feet compared to what Riley Reef can do. So uh, you need not only Reef, but Reef at 100%, because if you end up playing a team at some point like Philadelphia or like Seattle, those are two of the best defensive lines in the league, and you're going to get beat by them uh, up front all day if you don't have those guys. So, uh, yes, I am entirely for whatever they can do to get them 100% healthy. Don't play through injuries here just to try and get a win against Marvin Lewis.
3: Uh, Matthew, Judd and I both agree that the now that Carson Wentz is out and Nick Foles is the starting quarterback for the Eagles, I mean, they're not going to curl up in the fetal position. They're still going to be a tough out, and they're going to play home games in the playoffs, but that the Saints and Drew Brees and those weapons and that improved defense, that that's the team that the Vikings probably have to have their head on a swivel most for in the playoffs. Uh, do you agree and if not who, who would you put at the top of that
5: list yes I agree I think as soon as Carson Wentz went down they shot to number one and the thing with a team like Seattle is that they are kind of a one-man band on offense and defense on defense it's the defensive line and their their middle linebacker Bobby Wagner is one of the best players in the NFL but that's kind of all they have because Earl Thomas is out and Richard Sherman is out uh, or not Earl Thomas it's uh, Cam Chancellor is out so I mean they've got Uh, some injuries there and they've got a no offensive line that you could see uh, Russell Wilson still not being able to overcome all of those obstacles. And they've got some weaknesses, but it's hard to find a big weakness with new Orleans. I mean, they've got the playmaker out of the backfield and Elvin Kamara, who has become one of the most exciting players to watch on a weekly basis. And they've got their own version of Xavier Rhodes. Marshawn Lattimore has quickly become one of the best shutdown corners in the entire league and the, the New Orleans team that we saw in week one is nothing like the New Orleans team that you're looking at right now. I think it's on both sides. They've become a much improved defense and they are the number one offense in the league. And if you look at uh, the teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, Basically, it was the number 1 and number 2 passing offenses in the NFL, and that's right where New Orleans stands. So I would be the most afraid of them because of that.
0: So why did the Saints take so long to to do this defensively? I mean, this team's had Drew Brees for how long now, and he's magnificent. Why did it take the Saints so damn long to say, you know what, if we bolster this defense, we're going to be really good again?
5: I wish I had drives a, me crazy. That's uh, solution.
3: I, I don't know, but that's I that's mean, fake maybe. outrage. It doesn't drive you crazy. Uh, no, but it makes fake no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. It it's <laughs> it's Packer like. It's pa- if Ted Thompson would ever really sit down and say, "Okay, I need to go out and sign and sign some guys on defense, right?" And draft the right guys. Can you imagine if the Packers came back with with this f- formula next year? The Packers would instantly, instantly be a top two Super Bowl contender in the conference. I think.
5: Man, we thought that the Packers were going to do that this year. We we were looking at those free agent lists saying, oh, man, there's all these defensive free agents that they could sign and stack up their uh, defensive backfield, and uh, they did a little bit, but not anywhere near enough, and maybe they could have survived the Brett Hundley era a little better. But, yeah, with the Saints, I don't know why it took so long. I mean, at one point they had Rob Ryan as their defensive coordinator, which it just baffles me. Well, he doesn't have a job anymore, but it baffled me that he kept jobs for so long in the NFL after consistently being one of the worst defensive coordinators in the league, almost no matter where he went. And I think that probably started there. And then the personnel, they made bad moves. They signed older players who didn't have it anymore. And, uh, they, and this finally, they dedicated a lot of draft picks and started to see the results there. And now I mean, they don't have a perfect defense. They could get beat, but it's a lot better than it used to be. And that's all you really need. If you have the number one offense in the league, All you need is just a competent defense. We saw that last year from Atlanta. Just be competent, and you can make it to the Super Bowl if you've got an all-time great quarterback, which Drew Brees most certainly is.
3: Uh, Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast, 1500ESPN.com. What do you think is the most likely scenario for the Packers uh, with Rodgers coming back here for the last three games?
5: I think no matter what happens, I think they're just going to play him. Like, I think he's just going to play the rest of the way. And even if they're eliminated from the playoffs this week, he's just going to play. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. They might decide It might be an Adrian Peterson thing from last year where he plays the one game and then they're eliminated and then they sit him back down. But I think Rodgers just wants to get back and play, and I would guess that he really wants to play against the Minnesota Vikings, even if there is the tiniest bit of risk involved of, of him getting re-injured. Uh, so I, I think even if they lose to Carolina this week, then we're still probably going to see him even if they're out. Or, or, or they'll wait until he, it's 100% you are absolutely eliminated. I mean, we remember last year, even when the Vikings lost to, I think it was the Colts, they were essentially eliminated, but there was like a 2% chance. Well, I think with Rodgers, if there's a 2% chance, he will quote the uh, dumb and dumber line and then uh, you know continue to play. So I, I, I guess right now the Vikings should be looking at that game like, yep, we're going to have to prepare to beat Aaron Rodgers that night.
0: And my stance is this. If I'm the Vikings, I, I want the Packers to beat Carolina. I want to go into that game with it uh, being important to the Packers, and I want to put a dagger through their heart. In, in these last three games, because I get the Bengals and Bears, which are warm-up games, nothing more, right? I want to go to Lambeau, and I want to beat the Packers, and I I want to beat their starting QB, and I want to basically say, you know what, this is a good football team, it's a very good defense, and we are going to beat this team fair and square with their starting quarterback.
5: Yeah, I guess if you're inside the locker room, that's probably the type of thing that you might say is, oh, yeah, we want to beat Rodgers. But realistically, no, I don't want to beat Rodgers. I would would want to go in and play. I'd want to go pound Brett Hundley's face into the turf and win easily and just get the best playoff situation possible. I mean, I think if you're maybe a player and it's just the reality that you're likely going to face off. With Aaron Rodgers, that's how you get yourself hyped up for it. But I don't think this team wants any more tests or really needs any more big tests. I think they passed most of them to say that they are a deserving contender and a team that uh, belongs in the conversation for the top of the NFC. Uh, I don't think that they need any more facing Aaron Rodgers to prove that. And especially the one thing you worry about going into Green Bay if Rodgers is there is are the Packers going to be trying to look for revenge? Are they going to be trying to – You know, have some uh, 15 yard penalties in that game against Anthony Barr or something like that. I mean, I I don't know how much that stuff still exists in the NFL, at least outside of the AFC North with teams like the Steelers and, and Bengals, but i I think that you want the tamest situation possible there in a pretty easy calm win where you walk out of there without any significant injuries because of dirty hits or anything like that.
3: You know what we should do, gentlemen. I've had this epiphany. There's like eight eight or nine really fun teams in the NFC, uh whether it's you know the Rogers and Packers, uh Matt Ryan and the Falcons are still in the mix and the Cowboys. let's just let's limit the AFC to three playoff teams this year, maybe four. <laughs> let's let Philip Rivers in. We don't need the Titans, we do we? Rivers. We don't need the the Bills. Uh-huh. Like let's get rid of those guys and put the 7th and 8th teams in the NFC strip the conference and then titles. they get to go over to the to the AFC playoffs. Does that make together. some sense? So if the Packers miss out, hey, you know what? You get a second shot. It's the AFC uh second chance uh opportunity for you.
5: I've always felt this way about every sport that you know, like in hockey, sometimes a team will slip in in their division because they're in the top three, but they won't even have uh, that good of a record or something like that because they've got some convoluted system. I know the NBA has talked about this, just taking the top 16 teams and putting them in the playoffs. Hockey did, I would love that once. because. Yeah. I, I totally agree that why would you take teams with better records and not have them in for worse teams? Like the, you're, you're bringing up the, the Bills. I mean, that's not a good team. Like, I mean, no one thinks that that's a good team. Yeah. At one point, they benched their quarterback. I mean, they had to win a wacky game in the snow to stay even uh, relevant. They traded away all their best players through the offseason. And this season, they're not anywhere close to a team that has Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan as their quarterback. And yet, there's a chance that they could make it and not these teams. I mean, that has never made sense to me. And I I felt like as soon as a team, as a few years back, made it at seven and nine. That we should just, okay, blow this whole thing up because it doesn't make any sense. And there was the one year that the Patriots went 11 and 5 and missed the playoffs. Yeah. The, the year Matt Castle started. Like, okay, there's stuff like that should just not happen. If you go 11 and 5, you should be in the playoffs. Yeah.
3: Sorry, Titans. Sorry, Bills. But the Cowboys and Packers will be taking in, your spot in the playoffs this year. In
0: 81, when the Stars went to the Stanley Cup for the very first time, it was actually 1 through 16. They just took them 1 through 16. No conferences, no divisions. 16 played one, yeah. and, and the playoffs were seeded that, that way. And it actually worked fine. Um, but, yeah, it, the AFC playoffs are really not going to be fun for at least the first round. Oh, the NFC is going to be the
3: amazing because the, the sixth seed in the NFC will be like a Hall of Fame quarterback yeah. or an MVP from recent years. So, all right, got to run. Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast and 15HardESPN.com. Great stuff, Collar. We'll uh, catch you this weekend. See you, Matthew. All right. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, like... The, the fact that the, I know the Dolphins just beat the Patriots, so this might be a dumb argument now, but the fact that the Dolphins are a game out of the playoffs, oh, yeah. don't let that happen, please. Yeah. Please don't let that Colors happen. Color's no fun, though.
0: I want that Packer-Viking
3: game to mean something. I think it'd be way more fun. Um, I think it will mean something. Well, I, th- I think the Packers are going to, I think they're going to beat Carolina. Carolina. I think the Vikings are going to beat the Bengals, and then that, that game's going to mean a lot. If- now, the Vikings will have clinched the division, but it'll mean a lot for seeding, for home field. If the Vikings beat the the Bengals, then there's no like NFC North discussion anymore. Right. Um, but but, but if they both be sniffing around, if they both win, the Packers are playing for that playoff spot, Correct. and the Vikings are playing for that number one seed. I think that'd be way more fun. Yep. Uh, Dave, you got some questions for us? Yes, I do. We're going to talk
4: about one of the concerns, actually, about the Vikings that Matthew Collar brought up just this segment.
1: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
5: So behind that peaceful countenance, evil lurks. There's, there's, uh, they're up to no good. Not only
1: they're peaceful, Patrick, but they're really, really stupid. Uh, (laughs) Mackey and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd.
0: Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance.
3: All right. Maggie and Judd, Dave Harrigan, brings us three questions every single day, and we try to answer them to the best of our abilities.
4: Let's do this. Let's start with the Vikings. All right, I know Collar mentioned it in the last segment. Xavier Rhodes, the fact that he's gone off in several of the last, uh, well, a few consecutive games, in fact, I believe it is, with whatever ailments, he always seems to come back and be fine, but he was held out of practice yesterday. So, you know what? Let's make this interesting. Let's do one of our little
1: favorites. Hang on just a moment. Rating things on a scale of... Wait, doesn't everyone use 1 to 10? And whatever it is... Maggie and Judd are evaluating on a scale of on 1,500 ESPN.
4: On a scale of 1 to your stadium just collapsed due to snowfall, which we're <laughs> celebrating the anniversary of a couple of days ago. Yeah, don't remind me. How concerned should you be as a Viking fan over Xavier Rhodes? Phil, you want to go first?
3: Um. Wow. I wasn't even that concerned about the stadium roof collapsing. It just meant that a new stadium was going to get built. I had to quicker. go to Detroit because of it, like, so I hated everybody. Um, God for saying, gets into Detroit. I, mean, I honestly, I would say um, worried about like birds crashing into the stadium on a scale of one to the snow collapsing the Metrodome. My concern over Xavier Rhodes is oh, a bird might there might be natural selection, although that would be more like that's a man-made structure. So. Um, <laughs> he if he wants to rest against the bengals he can rest rest against the bears in a couple weeks he probably will
0: yeah if they're we'll all, all if the spots solidified by then they probably will rest
3: yeah they don't need to so they're probably going to get a first round bye he'll get a week there maybe he rests against the bears he's going to get 3 weeks to rest i think he's going to be if he can be 80% even the rest of that defense can help prop him up so Oof. i don't know not that concerned but famous last words when Nick Foles in the NFC Championship game burns you with a 40-yard deep ball in the fourth quarter because your hip and legs are out of sorts.
0: So on a scale of up to the the Metrodome roof collapsing, I would say my concern is the exact concern of the guy that night on the cart who was alone in the dome when when the roof started to collapse and he hightailed it out. That's my concern, that guy. Because if Rhodes, if something's wrong here, guess what's going to happen? You're gonna to say to yourself, "We're in big trouble here." So my concern would not be the roof a- actually uh, collapsing itself; it would be seeing the roof starting to collapse and trying to get out as quick as possible. That's my level of concern. <laughs> that's, uh, that poor guy.
3: That's one of the great. That's one of the great videos of all time. So the that, vi- so, it is so who so you would be the guy uh, in this metaphor in the car, yeah, like the Vikings. Like, we'll just hurt, oh my god,
0: yeah, no, yeah. Because my my concern, my concern at that point would be such that I'm not saying that I would get hit by the roof collapsing or the snow falling, but I might. It might be problematic. Very important part of this defense, But I just boys. want to know, what,
3: what are you driving away from? The Vikings bandwagon? Yeah. That's what you're yes, driving yes, away from? exactly
0: oh. right. That's my concern. Okay.
4: Articles last few weeks I've seen about you know, hot seat NFL coaches, who's going to get fired, who should be getting fired, who should not be getting fired. I know Marvin Lewis, obviously everyone thinks he should get fired, although I Mike Zimmer, he was quoted yesterday, saying, nah, Marv's my guy. He should have that job as As long as as he he wants. wants. He's fantastic. Love my guy, Keep looking for that first playoff win,
3: Marv. Exactly. Another 15 years.
4: Well, I'm going to put you guys to the test here. Of all the coaches that are likely on the hottest of hot seats heading towards the offseason, who actually should keep their job? Oh, I would have to look at the list.
0: Hugh
3: Hugh Jackson, for sure. And I think it's been determined that he's going that to he's gonna keep his job. Yes, yeah. but that that doesn't have to be guaranteed. I would say Hugh Jackson should keep his job. Um, I think Jack Del Rio is going to. I'm trying to go through the list. Jack Del Rio is going to lose his job. You know, Jay Gruden might be on the hot seat because it's Washington and they're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, but he's done a really good job with Kirk Cousins. Oh, so I got one for you. If he took a guy who was kind of a you know a mid round draft pick backup quarterback. And turned him into one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL, is he the problem? Or is it just that you the rest of your organization's bad and you can't build a defense? So I, I would say, you know, I would if you can get Kirk Cousins to sign a contract, I'd keep him and Jay Gruden together and then just try to find better personnel on defense and other places.
0: Almost every coach we've talked about who is a job is in jeopardy deserves what's coming to them, except this guy. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles the Jets. Who knows? The Jets are really weird, and I they think they still have a shot to make the playoffs. And I, actually. and I think the Jets have every intention of probably still m- making some type of coaching change. But they're five and eight. It's a miracle. Todd
3: Bowles deserves to keep his job. Yeah, that was. This so was supposed to be a team, two and fourteen tank
0: season. They were supposed to be the Giants. Yeah, the G- the Giants season is exactly what the Jets planned for, and the Jets have won five games. Todd Bowles sh- should be in the running for coach of the year. With the job he's done, he should Woo. be in the running for Colton. Oh. I'm dead serious. Look at they're, what he the, was given.
3: They're going to lose three in a row and finish 5-11, and 11, though. Because they, they play at New Orleans, home against the Chargers, and then at New England. So they're going to go 5-11. And, and he'll
0: probably be fired, but he deserves to keep his job. He's done a magnificent job.
3: You know who's been a sneaky, underrated quarterback the last five years? Late in his career is, is uh, McCown. Jo- Josh McCown, right? Yes. I always get the, uh, the McCown. McCown. Tommy Brown, McCown, Lee. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Larry McCown. Bill, Bill McCown. He was crying
0: when he got hurt, though. He was so upset. I love my teammates. I love them. That's what he said. On Sunday, he was crying. It was very touching. If like, you guys saw it. You'd... As it happened or in a press conference? Press conference. He came oh, in. I, he I was hurt.
3: It. He's like, I love my teammates. I love this team. And was... Are you mocking him for caring about no, his profession? No, I'm saying it
0: was a very moving moment. I was. Men can't cry, huh, Jen? I. You know what? No, no,
3: no. Oh, no. So I men, never said that. Men aren't supposed to cry or care about their profession I, or their coworkers. I okay. never, that sounds I like never
0: said that. The only thing you're supposed to do is get that damn bill of your hat curved a little bit men should do that no straight hats no straight lids i probably deserve that but come on i mean i was saying
4: the guy was crying and it was very nice and you guys accused me of being insensitive that wasn't fair feel like we should talk about your home improvement project you told me about before the show. Maybe we can say that for the last segment, but for right now, let's revisit our buddy from Lithuania.
3: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening for all our spectators from abroad. We are starting live from Lithuania. This is Lithuanian Basketball League game. Neveži Mr. Laval Ball, thanks for watching. LiAngelo, Lamello, we're waiting for you here. A welcoming song for you also. Welcome to Lithuania. Welcome to Lithuania. Welcome to Lithuania. The land of beautiful basketball god i love that (laughs) no john tash so the ball
4: brothers headed to lithuania to uh, pursue their profession i guess we could call it that brings to mind this question
1: now humans compete we like rankings phil and judd rank them on 1500 espn
4: if you had to take your job elsewhere out of the country i need the top three countries (laughs) you would choose to perform your work in to try to achieve the greatest heights you could caveat Non-English speaking countries only.
3: Oh, non-English speaking countries. Correct. Can I can I just target countries that have net neutrality still intact? Oh, here we go. Here we go, <laughs> Mr. I knew political. Had, I knew you had to get <laughs> that Mr. in. Mr. Political. It's not political. It's about it's about exactly. free. It's about even uh, platforms Every, to everything is even political. equal access to the internet. Everything is political. one, two, number three. Um, this is tough because they speak English in pretty much you know. English is taught in most countries, right? Well, yeah, I just mean it's not the dominant language. You know, I'm a big sushi guy, so I'm going to say uh, Japan for number three. God, you're such a dickster.
4: Number two. Net neutrality and oh. sushi, man. Yeah,
3: All really. right. Uh, really like, uh, you know, I like a, a chill in the air, and so I would say uh, let's go Finland. A little Finland. They, they they speak some English, but it's mostly Finnish, I'm assuming they speak. <laughs> number one. Somewhere. Um. And then you know what, just out of curiosity, just to see just to challenge myself to see if I can get out North Korea. I think I would do the show from North Korea. And then it would just be positive messaging all the time too. About the North Korean baseball teams and well, if you basketball went there for teams. radio, you
4: could probably get Rodman in studio too.
3: Exactly. <laughs> as a co host. Line them up as a
4: guest. Yeah, that'd be good. Yep.
3: One, two. Number three.
4: I went Baghdad for three. That's the city, not a country.
0: Well, I'm going in the country there, Baghdad. What kind of country? A country, what, it's in. What country? I have no idea. Baghdad. <laughs> radio Baghdad. I've heard of Radio Baghdad. It's going to be fantastic. K we G. It'll be popular. It'll be the biggest, biggest radio show ever. It'll be fantastic. Keep going. Number two.
3: There's a Baghdad, California, actually.
0: <laughs> Russia. We're going to Russia. Got some <laughs> heritage from Russia. Sure. I can go back home. Can, uh, you know, hang with Putin and Seagal. K- uh, KHL's big, hockey's big, have Tretiak on, Fedosov, Larionov. It'll be a big show.
3: Number one
0: from the top of the Eiffel Tower. I'm going France, Perry, beautiful Perry, mm. Gonna do the show from the top of the Eiffel Tower on a gorgeous day with a big thing of wine. Dawn right by my side. You don't even like wine, though no but she does so <laughs> to drink it that's <laughs> so, what so she'll be happy I'll be happy so that's it so we're going France Russia Baghdad
3: <laughs> you oh asked, my god
4: you asked hey can you tell us quickly about your uh, home improvement project yesterday well this was not yesterday this was uh before Thanksgiving actually oh wow and it took you this long to tell me about it yeah yeah so
0: all right so after the show, I stopped at the hardware store down the street, Ma and pa shop, great people. And uh, I walked in, our toilet flusher had broke. So the rod in the toilet had broke. The handle didn't work. So
3: That's happened to me before, actually.
0: I had to walk in and ask the guy, you know, hey, where can I find this? He's like, it's universal, very quick, expedient, took me to it. I bought it. I took it home. Now, Dave's Dave's question was okay. So, so you fixed it then, right? I had to explain to Dave. No, that wasn't part of the deal. I buy it. She installs it. So she had to install it. Okay. So Dawn had to put the thing in. I don't know how to install a toilet flusher.
3: I mean, there are, couldn't you just couldn't you just go to like YouTube how to install the toilet flusher yes. or something? Yes, you
0: could. Uh, that would be akin to wearing my cap with a straight bill on it. I don't think I would do that. I've never watched something. I have never gone to YouTube to learn how to do something, and I don't think I will. But I do watch my videos there.
3: You're going to wear a tie to the company part of this weekend. Do you tie your own ties? Yep. I'm good
0: at it. I don't know why. God-given talent. Some people but can do a tie.
3: Did someone in your life teach you how to tie a tie then? Because um, I, I actually did go to YouTube when I was in college. My
0: mom or dad might have shown me, but I picked up on it right away. I'm like the, the Gretzky of tie. Do you tie feel and. any shame that <laughs> I'm that, like I'm just talented at it. I'm really good at it.
3: You don't feel any shame that you're you bring a toilet flusher home and you're demanding that your wife finishes the There was
0: no demand. What happened was I went and bought it. I said I'll go buy it because I went and found it. Universal flusher, it's fantastic.
3: It's a little loose right now, but anyway. And then she said, "I'll install it." So if you clog the toilet, you know, after a good night of drinking and wings, you go to you go to you go to your wife and say, "Fix this." What's that process? I told, process you, I told like?
0: you that story. Don't just
3: move on. I brought it home.
1: You take care of it. <laughs> Mackie and Jud show rolls on finally, finally on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Jud. <laughs>
3: In case you missed it earlier, or in case you just want to turn your radio down and go do something else for the next couple minutes, should we unveil track three off Songs by the Ulog Volume Three, gentlemen? Absolutely. Or re-unveil it. Re-unveil it. Uh, this is a Judd special right here. <laughs> Keyword special. <laughs>
0: what does that mean? No,
3: no, it's good. It's good. Uh, this is track number three off Songs by the Ulog. <laughs> All right,
0: boys, time for bed. You know Santa's coming. Oh,
4: come Aww. on, Uncle Judd, just a story. We want to
0: hear a story, Uncle Judd. You know you've got to get to bed.
3: Oh, come oh, on. what about the hockey story? Yeah, that's a great one. All right,
0: but just one before you're off to Sleepyland. Yay! Was Yay! the start to hockey season and all through the state, Wild fans were anxious. They just couldn't wait. Their sweaters were hung in the closet all summer, and now comes some news that's... One hell of a bummer. Oh, no! While all down West 7th Street spirits were up, trouble was brewing en route to the cup. The problem, you see, was our superstar, Zach. And to be more specific, his troublesome back. This has been a problem before for Parisi, but getting him healthy wouldn't be easy. He tried to rehab, he gave it some rest, but in the end, they decided surgery was best. And so starting the season without their man, Zach, the energy wasn't there. The team was flat. So that's not that the boys gave up or they quit. Quite simply, the team just lost all their grit. Oh, no. How else could a loss be explained in this sport? It's not about excess and O's. It's about effort. See, Boudreaux had to look elsewhere for a spark. Surely the team could still find some heart. How to get a win, the only thing on his mind. I know what to do, Bruce said. <laughs> I'll shuffle the lines. Yay! And shuffled he did, then shuffled some more, trying to find some way for the Wild to score. Now Suter, now Granlin, now Coyle, and Cullen, on Koivu, on Dumba, on Spurgeon, and Stall. Go get him! But while none of those guys have really done all that much, there have been a couple who have performed in the clutch. Doomnick the goalie, sometimes he's tough to beat, he pitched a few shutouts, a three-game streak... At the same time, Zucker was a scoring machine. Six goals in a row, he carried the team. Hope for the playoffs? It's not gone yet. But it would be nice to get a few pucks in that net. But still, we must wait for our hard-working wing and hope for the playoffs onto which we cling. It's still within reach, very much in sight. Let's go get a win. Let's get it tonight. Now go to bed, you two. Thanks, Uncle John. Where's my drink?
3: Well, well done, Judd. I'm Thanks for the bedtime for my, story. i still we waiting for it. my cocktail. Appreciate it. Um, really While well, the like show's a, almost over, you can go get one here. Cocktail. Uh, that's uh, track number three off Songs by the Ulog. Uh, twins signed Fernando Rodney to be their new closer, or at least uh, a member of their bullpen. One year, four and a half million, up to six million with incentives. He's got 300 career saves. He's 40 years old and still throws between 95 and 100 miles an hour. So we've... Uh, Done a lot of that on the day's show, uh, which you can find on demand, 15 ESPN 651 651-646-8255. Let's take a quick call to wrap the show here. Randy in Cottage Grove. What's up, Randy? Uh,
2: Yeah, well, uh, I was just going to chime in on uh, one of the the topics you guys are uh, discussing.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, remember when you predicted the Vikings uh, would run the table and you called us every week, rubbing that in our faces that we were wrong and you were right? Well, what happened last week, Randy?
2: Well, as far as I know, we haven't yet got heard back from the NFL appealing the catch rule, have we? Right. No, haven't heard that no, appeal yet. Okay. No. That was a, that was a hose job, is what that was. That's what that. I ain't talking about that today. We'll get back on the horse Sunday. Okay. That's fine. Look, I'm calling about this uh, this uh, cap thing. Well, I have got an opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And here's my take. Anyone can wear their cap however they want. Okay. I cock mine. I cock it. I cock it when I'm pitching in softball, and I cock it to the left if it's a lefty and to the right if it's a righty, and here's why. Because it tells them, I don't care about nothing, okay? If I wear my cap like this, what else do you think I don't care about? I don't care about coming in tight tight. Okay, I don't care about wasting one in the dirt if you're getting too comfortable there in the box. Okay, mm. and that's the same thing with Rodney. You know, it's it, he's a little different game he plays than, than uh, you know, kind of the softball game, but it's the same kind of philosophy. You know, Probably he might even untuck his shirt a touch. Okay, and that's fine. He comes up there with what we call swagger. Okay, he's got a little bit of swagger. He cocks it to the left. He cocks it to the to the right. Who even knows what his rhythm is with the way he cocks it? But we all know this. When he gets up there, those guys in the batter's box, they, they ain't thinking about the pitch. They're thinking about the way he cocks mm-hmm. his hat. And then he's got the upper hand. So I say, cock it all you want.
1: I agree with everything he just said. I- I'm so all uncomfortable right now. I'm don't know. I
0: might go to (laughs) HR myself to report him, and he's not even an employee here.
3: Write that down in Game Show Friday tomorrow.